Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Welcome back to Grounds for Discussion. I'm Laura. And I'm Becky. And today we're going to be discussing the book Midwives mm-hmm. by Chris Bojalian, maybe? <laughs> sure. Bo- Bo- Bojalian. I have no idea yeah. how to say that last name. I looked at the name. I know. I looked at the name and I was like, <laughs> go for it, Laura. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't. I can't even tell you a guess on what the ethnicity I mean, of this man is. There's an H and a J. I don't know. Uh, yeah. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> French? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Um, But anyway. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, midwives. uh, Well, first we got to talk about coffee. Yes, please, as I'm drinking. Yes. (laughs) What you got going on? Well. Anything different? Funny little story, Laura. (laughs) Do tell. So, uh, you know, my favorite is caramel coffee. And I just feel like it's my all-time go-to Cannot beat it because it always, I don't know, it always hits the spot no matter what hey, time I hear it is. Well, I hear you. my son, my oldest son's birthday was a couple weeks ago. No, a week ago. Whatever. This past, yeah. And this he, past week. Yes. He turned 15. And Which is nutty. Crazy, crazy. He actually took his uh, driver's permit test. This kid, he passed in seven minutes with only three questions wrong. I was like, what the heck? And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, you can do that, Micah, but um, let's just wait and see what happens when you get out on the road. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, so his birthday was last week, and um, he always... Like, him and I have this thing about caramel extracts. He loves to put it in his hot cocoa. Well, for some reason, you cannot buy caramel extract, like, just at the store anymore. I look all the time. Cannot find it. So, usually, crazy, you find it at, like, antique stores. Like, you know how they'll have, like... What? Like, little booths, and some of the booths are, like, more modern, and... If they have any sort of, like, uh, flavors or, like, homemade things, you can find caramel extract. And it's, like, name brand. It's not, like, homemade. So I found some weeks ago, and I was like, I'm going to package this up and give it to him for his birthday. Well, then he opens it up, and he's like, yeah. Uh, Like, okay, previously, I would always, like, accidentally in quotations use up his caramel extract because I'd be like I would open it up and be like I'm just gonna use a little bit and then he would go to use it and it's totally gone so I bought it for him he opened it and he's like yeah I don't really use this anymore <laughs> and I was like oh nice. well then I guess I bought a birthday present for you for me <laughs> so anyway that's what I'm that's using awesome. caramel coffee nice yes and it's delicious. What about you? I can't believe you can't find caramel extract. Isn't That's that so weird? weird? Isn't that weird? But I'm not I'm not gonna lie though, I don't buy caramel extract, so I wouldn't have noticed. The only reason I buy it is for coffee. Uh I don't Well, I I like caramel coffee too, but I just get the syrup. <laughs> yeah. Because you but know I just I, want the flavor. I'm hooked on sugar. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. I mean the so. stuff from uh Starbucks, that is good stuff. Yeah. That's always been my go to is yeah. to go to Starbucks and just buy a thing of the syrup. Yeah. Like the caramel syrup. Yeah. yeah. I know. Well when so I So today I, I actually say- have Yeah. Kind of funny. Um, so today I was like, you know, I, I'm really low on like everything coffee wise at my house. I'm just going to go grab something at Starbucks because it's the podcast. <laughs> yes. I every mean, single time. Every time. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I got a, I got a real issue. Um, but it, it feels like my excuse to be able to buy a Starbucks is what it yeah, really is. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> this podcast just feeds your addiction. <laughs> Pretty much. That's why we keep it going, so I can have my Starbucks, right? It's like the only um, reason. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care about the books, books anymore. We're I don't just, really no. care what book we're going to do, but what coffee am I going to buy What coffee before? will I have? 
<laughs> yeah, like that. that's the question. <laughs> um, so, and they, I noticed they had a new like dark caramel. <gasps> so that's what I had this dark one. caramel. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, I'm like, what does that mean? And it really is. It's just a darker caramel. Like it just tastes a little bit darker. Like richer or. Um, almost a few more, like, maybe bitter notes, but not okay. necessarily in a bad way. Not in a burnt just, way. Just, right. Like, yeah, I, I that's the, they, they described it exactly how it, it's, it's darker. It's just a darker caramel. Huh. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Cool. Not bad. So caramel. Now, I don't know if I would always choose it over. Okay. Like, regular caramel. Okay. It would be like a mood thing, I think. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Like. Yes. You have to be in the mood for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Is it so, uh, hot, cold? I did hot today because it is literally like 62 degrees out, I and I am it. super excited yes. about my world. Yeah. Now, no sunshine, but hey, oh. I, it yeah. is, I'll i take that temperature. Now, yeah. for a day or two. If the sun doesn't come out soon, I yeah. mean, obviously, I'm going to have a problem. But I'm telling you, I, the can't temperature, go, I cannot whew. go like two or three days without sun. It's a little I'm bit the same. weird yep. now. Because, like, I I'm feel the like same. I didn't like a day, to be that way. I know. I was talking to mom about this the other day. I was like, a day is really nice. Yeah. It feels good. Yeah. feels cozy. Yeah. Like, I can snuggle up and yeah. read and be cozy. Mm-hmm. Two days... It's like, okay, this is kind of pushing it. Yeah. Three days, and I'm, I'm getting to be in trouble. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what is that about? Yeah. I, don't I don't know. I don't know. But I, anyway. I definitely did not have that issue before, like, a couple of years ago, I feel like. Or maybe, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it. Everything well, was a couple I, of years I ago. Well, I think I did, honestly. Right. I think I did, and I just didn't know because I'd never lived anywhere else. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Seasonal depression, baby. It's a real thing. It is a completely real thing. Yeah. Anywho. Um, okay. Yeah. So midwives. Yes. I'm excited to talk about midwives. Yes. Yes. Um, so my first question to Mm -hmm. you. Okay. So actually we probably should do a synopsis. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. To get on the same page. Um, so midwives. Yeah. It's a book about a woman who is a midwife, obviously, and (laughs) it takes place in Vermont in the early eighties, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's written from the perspective of this midwife's daughter. Mm. So what happens is this midwife, she's been practicing for, I don't know, years, many years. And she does not have a doctor. She hasn't, she really has no medical degree. Right. She's just a midwife. And so she um, has pretty good results. But this one birth that she goes to... Um, is for a woman who um, has had, I think, one child previously. And um, I think it was probably an intense labor, but nothing too, like, crazy with the first baby. Well, this time around, when she goes into labor, there happens to be this freak storm where there is, like, like an ice storm. Mm -hmm. And um, so everybody is snowed in. The power goes out. The phone lines go down. Mm -hmm. And she's stuck in the house with this laboring woman. Yeah. Well, of all times for things to go really, really haywire, this is she has a really bad birth and things go completely off the rails. She tries to the midwife tries to get into her car and drive, you know, like try to get her to the hospital mm-hmm. and she just like falls and she's br- like she doesn't break anything but she's like really in pain and stuff like she cannot get out the, and the ambulance bottom line they're not getting out and an ambulance running. cannot get in yeah, yeah yeah nobody can get her out so what ends up happening is that she goes into like like she's not conscious anymore mm-hmm. so the so the midwife does cpr and determines basically okay she's she's done like Mm -hmm. she's she's died Mm -hmm. and then in that moment she's like well i gotta get the baby out the baby i'm still getting a heartbeat on the baby so i gotta get the baby out well and the husband right the lady's husband and yes uh, the midwife and uh an assistant assistant. yeah we're there as well right um and so she's like well i gotta get uh, you know the baby's still alive so I'm going to have to perform mm-hmm. a C-section here mm-hmm. in this bedroom. Mm-hmm. So she does. 
And afterwards, it comes out that the assistant thought that the mother might have still been alive Mm -hmm. when the baby was taken, when the midwife took the baby out. Mm -hmm. So what happens is basically the mother ends up getting, or the, um, the midwife ends up getting charged Mm -hmm. with, her name is Sybil. So I can call her Sybil instead of the midwife. But anyway, (laughs) um, the Sybil ends up getting charged with, um, I believe manslaughter. Yeah. I think it's manslaughter. And the whole book is written from the midwife, Sybil's daughter's perspective mm-hmm. of what she remembers of this time of her mother going through the birth and then all, everything leading up to her trial. And, um, yeah, so, and then it's interspersed with um, notebook entries from her mother's notebooks that were, like, more like almost like journal entries mm-hmm. or like a diary. Right. So... Um, and then it culminates with the, the trial and the mm-hmm. verdict. Mm-hmm. So, um, in case anybody hasn't read it, I don't know if I'm going to necessarily tell what the verdict is, but, um, so do you want to, where do you want to start? Um, there's, I feel like there's a lot to talk about when it comes to just the, I, the author's idea of, um, midwifery and, and, yeah. uh, people's perception of it and mm-hmm. um you know fact versus reality and all that mm-hmm. good stuff so yeah um i thought it was interesting um uh like just the idea of okay so for anybody that's listening that doesn't know i adopted my oldest son um had my second son in the hospital he was born 25 weeks early I had preeclampsia. Um, I was in the hospital for, I don't know, a couple weeks. He was in the hospital for 83 days. And then our third child we adopted from China. So I've never had the experience of even the option of having a midwife. Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously your story is a lot different Um, And Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I love about this book. It brings out different women's stories. Um, So from your perspective, um, I'm curious, like, because you have had the midwife and you have had the hospital experience. Yeah. uh, You would have come into this book reading it completely differently than me. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm curious how you looked at the book and how you read it. And did you read yeah. it through the lens of uh, this lady knows what she's doing because she's had experience? Or did you read it more like, okay, this lady doesn't have a degree and, um, you know, does she really know what she's doing? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm the same. Like, I'm totally curious to hear what, what you think about all that. Um, and, and even just go for our shared history, um, you know, we were all born in hospitals, but we, um, you know, like our oldest sister had almost all her babies at home. We have, Mm -hmm. um, nieces who, um, prefer home births and we have, you know, like we've got really kind of got the gamut just even in our family too. So, um, like, you know, like you said, just between you and me, such different experiences with, with birth. So, yeah. Um, so for me, I, so first of all, I gotta say this book is not, uh, it was written in like, maybe let me check. Mm, Um, 97, 1997. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because I feel like that was kind of when people were starting to maybe open their minds just a little bit more mm. to the idea that maybe midwives weren't like the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. Because I really feel like up until then. They were kooks. Um, they were crazy. They were. Yeah. They, the, the, the hospitals had done a really good job of sort of mm. denigrating this, this, you know. Yeah field of these women who, you know, for since time immemorial uh-huh. have been doing the, the midwifing, you yeah. know? Um, 
And they, they really, I feel like they did a really good job of making it seem like that was just like a really unsafe option. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, that it's interesting that this, it makes sense that this book was written when it was written. Mm-hmm. But I'm also, I also think it's interesting that it was written by a man. Yeah. Yes. Um, why someone would it just, that's just interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually you don't hear these discussions really with men. Like yeah. they don't care. Right. Like, I mean, if you were to ask Nathan, like, well, do you think it's safer or blah, blah, blah? Should we blah, blah, blah? Like, he'd be like, I don't know. Right. You know, like, right. I mean, do you think he'd be like, I don't, I, I just thought that was interesting. But uh-huh. anyway, um, so, yeah. So for me, I definitely came into it with a more, almost more of a neutral stance than okay. anything. Really? I guess. Do you think I can do that? <laughs> Well, not entirely. No, I don't think there's no bias at all. Yeah. I definitely feel like midwives um, for most of the 20th century were really, uh, there was almost like a smear campaign situation Uh, hmm. um, to try to get people to go to hospitals, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And, you know, are there... But are there situations where you need to be in a hospital? Right, right. Um, well, clearly yeah. this book. I yeah. mean, yeah. <laughs> so I I really, I just don't have any one like, oh, you know, I'm totally pro midwife or I'm totally mm-hmm. pro mm-hmm. hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, I, like, again, I've done both. Right. There are pros and cons to both. Right, right. Um, there are really cool things. Yeah. about a home birth mm-hmm. and there are really not cool things about a home birth yeah. Yeah. and there's really cool things about a hospital birth mm-hmm. and things that uh, not, not not as cool to me yeah. you know so, so um, can you share your like what are the cool things and not cool things about each yeah yeah definitely um so for me okay so for those of you who may not know me which i can't imagine there's many but i had um I had my son. He was um, in emergency C-section. He wasn't, it, it wasn't planned. He um, kind of, we had kind of been watching him pretty closely toward the end of the pregnancy because he had had some issues in utero. He had scoliosis. He had some, you know, some things going on. So he was being watched kind of closer than the average pregnancy. And at the one of the later um, prenatal visits where they were sort of like doing ultrasounds and this kind of thing. He wasn't doing all the normal stuff. So they were like, okay, we're going to induce labor because you're far enough along. I think I was 37 weeks, six days. So I was really close to 30, like 37. Yeah. So he was full term. Um, and so, uh, so they said, we're going to induce labor. You're far enough along. And he's, he doesn't seem like he's doing what he's supposed to be Mm -hmm. doing. So he said, okay. So they started to induce and, he crashed. Mm-hmm. He, his, his everything crashed. So they're like, Nope, he's not doing well. We're taking him. So mm-hmm. I had an emergency C-section. Um, so that was my first experience. experience. Yeah. Um, second time around, I had the same doctor and I asked him if I would be allowed to have a vaginal delivery. Yeah. And he said, you know, I am fine with that as long as you don't go past your due date. Mm-hmm. Well, I went past my due date. Mm-hmm. So that one ended up being a C-section as well. Mm-hmm. And by that point, I sort of felt like I'd gotten the bait and switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of felt like I, maybe I wasn't strong enough at that point to stand up for, no, why do we need to take yeah. her right, like right. right on the due date or right, right after the due right. You know, yeah. like I, I think maybe I hadn't quite gotten there yet in my my boldness as a mom, maybe. Yeah. Um, and so I, I kind of just went with it. Like, okay, the, I'm past my due date, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so after Bryn's birth, after that birth, I just kind of was like, you know what? I don't like that. Like, why, yeah. why do we have to, you know, why is there a magical date that, right. All the you know, it's not okay. Um, <laughs> right. Um, and I understand like there is things when you've had a previous C-section, yeah. there are increased risks and that kind of thing. But we, Ben and I, we sat down and we looked at the numbers and the statistics and mm-hmm. we talked about it and we prayed about it. And we just felt like, um, the risks were not big enough for us to feel like we needed to go that route again. Mm-hmm. And so my third birth was a home birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, so 
the things that I don't like about a hospital birth are it, it does feel very clinical and sterile to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels intrusive. Mm-hmm. It definitely doesn't. It's not like a family bonding thing at right, all. Right. Um, it's a it feels very medical procedure mm-hmm. because it was it was right. surgery. Right. Um, now, had I had a vaginal birth in a hospital? Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Have no idea because I've never done that. But for me, I wasn't willing to risk having another C-section. Right. I didn't want that. Right. So and it for we sure chose to do a midwife. A C-section because after, oh, I can't imagine. After I mean, two, after they two C-sections, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think many doctors would have been like nope. okay with letting me letting me labor. So, right. um, so my third was a home labor, and it was it was tough. Yeah. I mean, it was it it was t- it was traumatic. Yeah. Um, but I think birth is always traumatic. Mm. In some way or another, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, because it's big. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're bringing another human into the world, mm-hmm. so it's never going to be not life changing. Right. Um, it's just what kind of life changing do you right. want it to be? Right. I guess. Yeah. Um, there were things about home birth that were not fun. Yeah. I mean, like at all. Yeah. Um. But I also have some really beautiful memories that I don't think I would have yeah. been able to have yeah. if I'd We were had actually, a birth. I remember being really concerned for you with that. Really? Well, well previously because. I'm not sure you, I actually realized. Well, previously because you had two C sections and that mm-hmm. was a little concerning. But then after, when I yep. heard the story, that's when I was like, Oh my goodness, thank you Jesus that she's still with us because because you you had some issues and like you yeah. even after the birth you couldn't move. Like you right. you were um you had some extra things going on right. that were concerning. And yeah. so it was like uh, what's really going on inside her body? We don't know because right. we there's nothing to check up on that, you know, like other than just the midwife and, and her being able to, you know, check your uterus, check your, you know, all that stuff. Right. Right. Well, I definitely feel like it, it really does depend a lot too on the midwife because I don't think I would have trusted probably any of the other midwives mm-hmm. in the area, the way that I trusted Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like, first of all, she was a Christian. Mm-hmm. Not that that makes you more skilled or less skilled. Right. But um, you're coming from a different place, I yes. think. But, um, but secondly, she just was so knowledgeable and experienced. Like, for instance, I mean, if I had been in a hospital and trying to labor, it absolutely would have been a C-section mm-hmm. because... Um, I had at one point, I, what I, what we assume at this point was, um, some scar tissue mm-hmm. that kind of pulled away because when you have surgery on an area, mm-hmm. you get scar tissue there. Mm-hmm. So at one point I started feeling pain that was just completely different. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything like the contractions that felt totally different. And I was like, something's off. And mm-hmm. she's like, you're okay. You're okay. And I, at the time I didn't have enough, enough capacity to think, oh, I, you know, how do I know I'm okay? You know what I mean? But later on, she told me that was the scar tissue. Mm -hmm. You were having some, like, she just knows. Mm -hmm. She knows that Mm because she's seen it. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. she's like, that's when, yeah. Um, So I found out a lot of stuff like that Mm -hmm. later, you know? I mean, because when you're in the middle of it, you you don't have any kind of, you know, (laughs) brain capacity to to understand any of that. But, um. But yeah, so so for me, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I really have um, a lot of good to say for for both, mm. and I think it's so amazing that we have both. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I think it's so cool that we have the option to say, um, no, you can't force me to be in a hospital. Right. I don't want to be. Right. But then, if things change, you have the option to say, um, okay, we need more help. Yes. You know, um, not because, and, and I think the midwives tend to get a bad rap in that it's like, if they're kind of darn, if they do darn, if they don't, Mm. because if they manage to do a successful birth, even when it seems not great, Mm -hmm. then it's like, well, that was really dangerous. Mm -hmm. That could have gone badly. Yeah. 
But if they say, okay, um, I'd feel safer taking you in now mm. for more help. Mm-hmm. Then everybody's like, see, you, you can't do You it. shouldn't have been doing yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no matter which way it goes, I sort yeah. of feel like they end up getting the bad, hmm. the short end of the stick, hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean I feel any less respect for doctors. Right. And right. what they do. Yeah. Um, I don't think they have as much knowledge of natural birth and how to make it come about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Under difficult circumstances as midwives do. I think there are doctors that do, but I think as a whole, no. Yeah. And midwives don't know how to do a cesarean. Right. Right. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know. So I was... It's just different areas. I mean, obviously, my perspective um, is different in that I would... Would you be be terrified to have a home birth? Yeah. I I would not be alive today if it weren't for a hospital birth and my son would not be right. alive because right um preeclampsia is, is nothing to mess with like you have right. to you have to get the medicine that you need and like there's no reversing it just naturally um right. <laughs> like right y- yeah you need you need help um and actually the morning that I they did my emergency c-section so graham was 20 just 25 weeks that that day and um we had been having ultrasounds i think it was every morning and every evening and that morning we had an ultrasound and um the technician was very uh, she, she wouldn't give us any answers. And usually mm. she was, okay. usually she was like, uh, he's, he's okay. You know, right now yep. he's fine. Well, she, yeah. she wouldn't answer anything. We're like, okay, something is oh, yeah. going on. As soon as they start getting evasive. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's when you know. That's when you know. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, went back to my room. Doctor came in immediately and she was so good. I mean, she was so good in calming our fears and, just like, you know, with Nathan's history, she, she was like, oh, yeah. that's not, yeah. that's not what's going to happen here. And he's right. going to be able to be with you through the whole thing and all that. So anyway, yeah. um, she, she said, what's happening is your um, umbilical cord, it has three strands. I think it's three strands in it. Yep. Um, and two of them have cut off. And so he has okay. one strand left, like, but pretty much your body is cutting off his, his supply, his supply so that yeah. he can survive. So obviously emergency C-section. Um, yeah. And yeah, I actually had that with Jude, but not two. I just had one that cut off. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like at that point, there's no question because up until then. They did say it could be an option to do natural, like a birth, uh, vaginal birth. If he's, yeah. As long as he's looking okay. Well, at 25 weeks, you're not going to look okay, is what I'm thinking. Right. You know? Right. But your lungs just aren't going to be there. Right. Right. If nothing else, you know? Yeah. Um, and he, we did give him, like, when I first went in the first day. Um, they had given me a shot for his lungs because they knew that he was going to be right. born early at that point. Right. Um, I didn't necessarily know when, but they were, I remember you had asked, I think, so how long do you think that he'll be able to go? And they said the longest we've seen is two weeks from where she's at to where a baby is born. And we're like, oh, crap. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but, um, cause I had a feeling like they can't, yeah. this can't go on for a long, long right. time. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's my experience. So I look at yeah. it as the medical field saved my life and saved my son's right. life. And uh, there's no way I would have been able to have a natural birth. And also yeah. before that I was, it's a weird thing, Laura, because I do feel like in some sense I was cheated out of an experience. Yeah. But in another sense, it's like 
I'm glad I didn't have to go through that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, can com- I completely understand that because that's how I felt after Jude's birth. Mm. So I completely understand that. Yeah. There was a part of me that was like, I'm never going to have that time of like, you know, working so hard for something and then finally encountering your child and being able to hold them yeah. and cuddle them and all yeah. of this. And, yeah. and, but then there was a part of me that was like, but I, this was kind of a lot easier, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like in some ways, yes. you know, like, but and I, I think... did, I did really good post-surgery and didn't right, have trouble right. with, you know, incisions or anything. And I just, yeah. I, it seemed, I, I didn't struggle real hard with the surgery aspect. Yeah. So I completely understand that. Mm. Well, yeah. I think another thing that frustrates me is the narrative of if you can't do a home birth without any medication, then you're not a quote unquote real woman. That drives well, me crazy. I mean, because there yeah. is that there is that train of thought in some women. I've seen it and I've yeah. heard it. And that frustrates me because of course I couldn't choose what I was going right. to do. Right. But that doesn't make me any less of a woman or any less of a mom. No, of course not. And that's ridiculous. And anyone who says that, I mean, come on. Well, you, you, even if people you have don't to know say that it, that's... Though, even if people don't say it, there is that mindset of, and I did it without any medication. <laughs> like, well, there is. Just, there is. Honestly, that just sounds like pride to me. Well, yeah, but... I mean, it just sounds like pure and simple, like, self-sufficiency, look what I did. Yeah. I can do this on my own. Right. And the truth is, you didn't do a darn thing on your own. <laughs> the very, <laughs> the very breath in your lungs yes. came from the Lord. That okay? is true. So let's not even go there. Yeah. Like, you, you don't want to be on your own. Right. I promise you. Yeah. So, uh, now, did you, now, was there something that your body was capable of yes. that the Lord built into you yes. to be able to do and that you, uh, you rose to a challenge that you felt you couldn't, yes, yes. that's great. Yes. You can, you can take that and run with it. Uh-huh. Put that in the bank. Great. Mm-hmm. But let's not get cocky about I'm a real woman mm-hmm. now because mm-hmm. no, that's, that's ridiculous. First of all, that means that women who can't get pregnant. Right, aren't really women. Aren't, aren't, aren't <laughs> right. real women. Right, what is a woman? Mm, exactly. No. Exactly. I mean, yeah, so there's some implications there that I think you better think through before you start bragging on how, yeah. you know, you're the real woman or whatever. And, I mean, I, I, again, I get it. Like, all the, like when you give birth, there are these, like, hormones coursing mm-hmm. through you. And so I understand women being like, oh, my gosh, I feel so, like, strong in a way. Yes. Yeah. Um, or because like empowered the, yes. or whatever. On the opposite um, end, I feel like my organs don't work anymore. My um, things that God has given me like physically are unnecessary in a way. But that is something yeah, that I've that's had just, to work it's just through. Not, that is not at all. It doesn't. It's mean, just not true. Right. Right. First of all, it's not true. <laughs> you and know, also, like we have to tell ourselves truths, which right, is right. that just because something didn't function the way it was meant to, first of all, in your situation had nothing to do with anything because it wasn't right. You weren't even given the chance. Right, right. Second of all, even if it didn't function the way it was supposed to, that's literally one time. Mm-hmm. It's one, you know what I mean? Like, and even if it's true that for some reason your body doesn't function the way whatever it's supposed to as far as reproduction, yeah. it just has nothing to do with who you are. Exactly. Yes. That, and it, I it can't just find doesn't. my identity in that. Exactly. That's not exactly. who I am. So, I mean, because you got to take that to its conclusion. So if I get in a car crash and I'm a quadriplegic. Yeah. Yeah. Do I, I, I no longer am a woman. Mm. Is that mm-hmm. what, I mean, mm-hmm. or if I, whatever. And I mean, honestly, that, that wouldn't even do it. Cause I, there are quadruplexes who had babies. Yeah. So it just doesn't, none of it is logical yeah. at all. It's yeah. a whole thing of, well, um, it's a seed that well, lies Satan, from Satan. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's lies to make you feel like crap. Planted, even in the yeah. Christian community yeah. that. People, I, I think you're you're right. People don't take it to its conclusion and they don't 
put it in different scenarios and it's become, it has become a pride thing with a lot of women, I think. Yep. But I think yeah. people don't address it because you feel so small if you uh, are on the if opposite. you're on the other side yes. of that. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, well, yep. I'm not going to take that away from that woman and make her feel like that wasn't. And you know what I mean? That wasn't. But a especially thing. as Christians, we should then have the courtesy to turn around and say, "Well, I'm not going to take from that woman that she's not a re- a real woman exactly. just because she didn't have my experience." Yeah. Yeah. That should go both ways. Yes. That's a two-way street. Yeah, yeah. So, and I completely understand that as far as, like, because for me, that's how I feel about, like, um, you know, taking, like, with mental health issues. Yes. Like, people in yes. the Christian community who want to say, well, you need to give that to the Lord. Mm. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> we need to give everything to the Lord. Yeah. But... That doesn't mean that there might not be something chemically that could be, could be, you know what I mean? So I completely understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But all those experiences. And P.S. The people who didn't have the, you know, weren't woman enough to be able to use it the right way. Let me just tell you, you're getting the last laugh because (laughs) (laughs) there are some things (laughs) that go along with natural childbirth. Oh, yeah. That is true. That are lifelong, that can be lifelong, my friend. Yes. Yes. I'll just leave it there. I think we all know right. what I'm talking about here. <laughs> well, whatever I mean, that was, I'm sure cancer took care of that part. <laughs> the cancer <laughs> took care of that. I mean, it's all gone now. I mean, oh my word. <laughs> Okay, so I did look up some some interesting perspectives that I wanted to share with you. Um, okay. Just because I think it's it's interesting to talk about and discuss. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, so, it's just such a big topic. A big part yes. of, of women yes. and our and our existence is ch- childbearing, mm-hmm. and it's so life changing. And it's so common, so many but it's ways. so not common. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yes. everyone has family, not everyone, but a lot of people give birth. And so you would think that it's just a very, um, like, you know, common thing, but then it's not, it's so unique and such a yep. unique experience for every single it's woman. So everyone has a different story. Normal and such a miracle yes. at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Which I think is so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So I looked up, um, you know, other countries and um, just how other countries have midwifery, like, in their healthcare system. So, right. So yep. other high-income countries have these... I know the Netherlands is a big yes, one. Yes. They have Yes. Yep. Yeah, they have these midwife systems... Um, and they have these home birth midwives that are part of the, the healthcare system. And this is different from the United States. So, um, I looked up a study. They found that most U S planned home births involve a woman with risk factors like old age, prior C-section delivery or obesity. And in other countries, those women would be disqualified from home births. Because of those guidelines. So most midwives who oversee home births in the U.S. work, they either don't have a license or they don't meet the the standards for, like, the global midwife Mm -hmm. education system. So there's a huge difference right there when it comes to statistics in other countries versus the United States. You know, that totally makes sense to me because the thing is, I think in our, our system of doing things for some reason, at some point, I don't know if it's because the hospitals just needed patients or what, Mm. but somewhere along the lines in the twenties and thirties and whatever, Mm -hmm. there was this campaign to kind of like, no, have it in, have your baby in a hospital, have your baby in a hospital, safer, safer, safer. Mm. Well, that became the norm. And now in our system, 
um, you just assume that if you get pregnant, you're going to go to a hospital and have a baby. Right. Well, when that doesn't go well that first time, Mm -hmm. and most people are going to do that route the first time. Right, right. Okay, because that's the norm. Yeah. When that doesn't go well the first time, those women go, I don't want to do that ever again. Right, right. But those are the very women that are probably more at risk because exactly. it didn't go well the first time. Exactly. Yeah. So if they'd been given the chance or allowed to even, or, or if it was even in their mind that there's something else that first time around, mm-hmm. they might not become the one that's, that's not a good candidate. Mm. Do you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. So those are the women that seek out midwives because they're like, I'm not doing that again. Exactly. And the only one who will right. let me not do that again yeah. is this midwife yeah. over here. So yeah. I guess I'm going to her. Yeah. And it's sad. Mm-hmm. Like it shouldn't have to be that way. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because we know there's other systems that work well. Mm-hmm. In the Netherlands, they don't. Their statistics are not bad. Right. They're good. Right. They have good outcomes, and most women are having babies at home. But also, they're hand But the ones that can't are going straight to the, you know, like, but in, they're being pulled out as not eligible. Yeah. In different countries, though, they're hand-picking the... So, of course, they're going to have better success rates because they're hand-picking mm-hmm. the women who aren't obese, who don't right. have previous yep. issues, who yep. are 100% this birth is going to go well, you know? Right. So of course, and I think that's still more normal in those countries to have it at home than it is to have it at the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole system is like on its head in Mm -hmm. our country. I think Yeah, Yeah. it's it's just, it's so turned around. Um, but yeah, I mean, and like I said, I, I have huge respect for both sides of it Mm -hmm. and I don't see why they have to be at odds. Mm. Yeah, why can't they I really work don't. together? Yeah. I think that's the big issue. Yeah, it's like one or the other, and they are pitted against each other. And yep. if you're on this team, it's it's bad or weird if you switch to the other team. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. Yep. Yeah. So here's my question about the book. Yeah. Oh, the book? <laughs> do you... <laughs> do you... Th- think that do you think that Sybil killed the mother are we doing spoilers um yeah why not okay (laughs) I don't care I mean I don't care sure because that actually is part of my answer so okay um at the very end of the book now it's been a while since I've read it but um she has a diary entry about how she actually questioned herself and she was wondering if actually she did kill her, if there was a heartbeat, um, in the mother. And that, I thought that that was a plot twist because for the whole time she was so confident and she was so, um, she, she had to, once she said it, she had to go along with what she believed and what she was saying, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think, I think she did because I think that she did possibly kill the mother because, um, I think there was too much doubt. And I think she wasn't even sure in that panicky moment, whether or not she checked again for a heartbeat. And, and the two people who were witnesses, what would they well, have? Well, she said in the in the courtroom, she said that she did check. They were both out of the room. Yes, she They did. went to get the knife, and she checked for a but, pulse, and she checked for a heater, fetal heartbeat. Yes, but why but wouldn't yeah. you do that with a witness? Why wouldn't you do that one more time before you dug into somebody with a knife? Like, I, cause I think she was so like, she was panicky emergency mode. Yes. She was panicking. And I think that's where mistakes happen. And I think if, if you want to cover your butt and like you have a mind enough in a panicky situation to cover your butt, she should have checked again. Like she should have checked one more time because then there's no shadow of a doubt. Right. 
Which and then it I did think it was funny in the in the courtroom when the um, the prosecutor is like saying like she forced her to push for so long and I'm like well hello labor. I'm confused <laughs> what else was what else was she supposed to, you can't just stop pushing right right yeah I was really I'm like seriously what 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 <laughs> I think I think that comes from there have been midwives. <laughs> Who have made the woman um, push beyond, like, they don't give them breaks and they continue to make them push and then it becomes an emergency situation. So maybe she, maybe they meant, like, like, she should have tried to force her to, like, breathe through some of the contractions, maybe? Maybe. Because otherwise, I don't honestly know even what you're talking about. That's labor. You can't just stop pushing. Right. Well. and, And you, even if you try... It's hard to do, but is your body will just do. Well, that's the thing. Isn't there a difference between someone saying push, 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 like even when you're coming out of the contraction versus and that's and that's true. Yeah, I'm gonna push when I feel like pushing. Yeah, so maybe that's what they meant. Because I was seriously like, what do you think labor is? Like you can't just stop (laughs) pushing. I'm gonna your body is pushing without your consent. (laughs) I mean, like yeah, yeah. I'm going to stop pushing. You know what? I'm done with this. Maybe you <laughs> right. can just stay in. It'll just stay in. Yeah, but I also I don't like this anymore. <laughs> that's part of the midwife's job is to be the encourager. Like, you can do this. Yes. You can keep going, yeah. you know. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, that I was I just thought little... it was funny the way that they like, forced her to push for, I'm like, right. hey, what? Yeah. I don't see what the other options were. <laughs> push or eject button they never even use that eject button it's there for a reason so what did you think i thought he did a brilliant job of making it so unclear yes i loved that that you had to make up your own mind yes like she starts out being like um no she was dead Mm -hmm. and then like you start seeing all these diary entries couple weeks later, I'm positive she was dead. She had to be dead. Mm-hmm. And then a few weeks later, it's like, <sighs> she's Doubting. dead, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, and then by the end, she's like, I don't even know anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, I, I am so confused. You can go only go over a few seconds in time for so long. Right. In your brain. Right. Before. And I so identify with that because anytime there's been like a true emergency for me, mm-hmm. things get so jumbled. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, in that moment, and then later, too. And that's how our memory works. Like, yeah. our memories, yeah. literally, when you remember an event, your body brings that to mind. Like, your brain re-brings up that file and rewrites it. Yeah. Every single time you remember it. It's, that's what your brain does. Yeah. It's rewriting it. Yeah. You don't have the original anymore. Mm-hmm. So... I just so identified with that feeling of like, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you what happened in those few minutes anymore. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's all a jumble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I've I've had many instances, well, not many, but several instances in my lifetime where it was just like so intense and so Mm -hmm. fast, Mm -hmm. you know, that you just, uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So interesting how our brains work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's it a really coping is. mechanism. It's a safeguard. Yep. Uh, it's just, it's interesting. What did you think about his, his decision to use the daughter as the narrator instead of the midwife? Um, it gives you a different perspective throughout the book. I liked how you read her journal entries instead of mm-hmm. her being the one to narrate through the whole thing. And I think that's yeah. the only way that you could kind of get that perspective of she is positive. And by the very end, she's like, well, maybe I did do it. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. I liked that. I liked that. Yeah. What about you? I, 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 I loved it. I thought it was so like, what a cool move mm-hmm. as an author, you know? Yeah. Um, because he could have just written it from Sybil's perspective. Right. He could have just, you know, written the whole thing as she's the narrator and here's what happened. Here's what I remember and blah, blah, blah. Um, but to take it out of hers and put it in, and especially like not a child, but not an adult either. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, a 14-year-old girl. Oh, my word. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. hmm, in- so interesting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and all the stuff she's going through in her life. Yeah. And she's in the middle of puberty, and mm-hmm. she is like, you know. Yeah. 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 I thought it was really cool. Um, and then she ends up being a doctor, right? Yeah. At the, yep. at the very end. I and think she, she's an OBGYN. But she kind of is conflicted with like, well, people think that I thought that my mom was guilty because I don't become a midwife. Right. So that was kind of um, interesting too. And I think that, yeah, I, I, I really, yeah, I thought that was really interesting too. Hmm. She kind of says it's almost like her way of saying... Like, I will be there to back up the midwives mm. because people yes, don't because trust the midwives. Don't. So yeah. I will back so I will back them yes. them up. Yes. So she went in that um, really for her mom, but people could perceive yeah. that as being against yeah. her mom. And she sort of said to didn't she say something about how she doesn't she's nervous every single time. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't it's not like a joyous, amazing, wonderful thing. Yeah. It's like a, almost like a duty. Mm. And for her mother, it was just, I mean, it was what made her happy. Yeah. It was what like brought her joy. Yeah. And then it wasn't. Yes. It all changed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which so, I thought was really interesting and sad, you know? Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. Would you go to her as a midwife personally if she were if she, if you had the history that you had previous to Asher she had her history she was a real person not a character mm-hmm. would you go to her mm-hmm. as a midwife I can't picture and this is how I think a lot of women feel I can't picture having birth to Asher with anybody but Cheryl mm. because I think partly because that's how it went but also partly because I, you have to put a lot of faith in a midwife. Mm-hmm. And I just really believed in my midwife that she was mm. just so knowledgeable and so experienced. And, and, and even like there were several points in my labor where a less, a, a less experienced midwife or someone who didn't maybe hadn't been doing it as many years or whatever. Um, I don't think they would have known what to do with me because mm. she had, she had to do some stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that was not necessarily normal. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so for me, I, I, no, I wouldn't go, I would not go to civil because that's how women are about their midwives. Mm. They have such implicit faith. So whoever went to civil trusted her. Yeah. Like really trusted her. Yeah. You know, um, because Because that's, that's what you do with midwives. You go to the one that you're like, oh, I really trust her. But she, you know, practiced after. She practiced. Yeah. So that's a huge, Mm -hmm. huge leap of faith for people. I feel like, Oh yeah. I'm like, who's going to her. Right. (laughs) Right. Not because they think she did anything wrong, but just even the possibility of a question of doubt Mm -hmm. would make, would keep me away, which says something because we totally do that with doctors though. We don't know what their history is. Yeah. Yeah. But it's true. Yeah. What their mortality rate is. (laughs) Right. Hers just happened to be so public that everybody knew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Would you go to Sybil? No way. (laughs) Part of the, a big part of the reason I wouldn't go to Sybil, honestly, though, is because she comes from a different side of midwifery that I'm less comfortable with. Mm. Um, She's kind of more on the side of that, like, hippie, like, frou-frou side Mm -hmm. of, like midwifery you know oh, what I mean yes. like she's a total um, yeah and not that there's anything wrong no. with that it's just that you have a different perspective um, I just have a different per- like I wanted a Christian for first of all I wanted someone who was a Christian which I know honestly again like people there are really good people in every profession mm-hmm. regardless of what they believe about Christ mm-hmm. but for me that's just what I wanted mm-hmm. yeah I don't know how to I don't know that it's just what I wanted. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was a component too, that I think a lot of people wouldn't have, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think if I had the opportunity to have a home birth and I knew, you know, preeclampsia wasn't a part of it, I had no history, I think I still would choose the hospital. Hospital? I think. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's what I had been planning for Graham before we knew any of that was going to happen. Right. I just, as my personality, I want that buffer of if anything went wrong, I'm right there. You know? Right. I don't have to take a 15 minute car ride where anything could happen, (laughs) you know, in that 15 minutes. I just, that's my personality. I, I want a secure backup plan. Yeah. Yeah. I completely understand that. And I don't know if, if, if things had been slightly different, maybe I wouldn't have gone that route because I knew I was five minutes from my hospital and my OBGYN that delivered Jude and Bryn Uh, was backing me up. mm, Yeah. See, that makes a difference too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. So interesting. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's just, it's, it's always, to me, it's always just fun to talk about birth stories. Yeah. I just love to hear what people's experiences are mm-hmm. around bringing a whole new life into the world. Yes. You know? Yeah. Because you're absolutely right. Like, it's so common, but yet it's so unique. Mm-hmm. I mean, happens every single day, but each one is just so its unique. own thing. Yep. Yeah. It does remind me of salvation because it's like, yeah, that's a miracle. And we uh, in the Christian community see people coming to know Christ and that should never be a whatever thing that should always yeah. be in our minds. That is the Bible says that that's the biggest miracle that we mm-hmm. experience on this earth. And yep. to be able to witness that and to be able to celebrate with someone in that is like, what a gift, you know? Yeah. And it's... It is, and it's birth. It's, they're being born spiritually. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's just kind of cool to think about, but... Well, are we about ready to give some... To read it? Yeah. Yes. Do you want to go over the re- readings really quickly? Yeah, sure. Uh, so we give ratings in coffee, mm-hmm. and we just, our favorite, co- like least favorite coffee to our most favorite coffee. Mm -hmm. So a number one out of five would be a Folgers. Mm -hmm. A number two out of five would be Dunkin' Coffee. A number three out of five would be an eight o'clock. A number four out of five is Javalia. And a number five out of five is Pete's. Mm -hmm. So, so what are you giving midwives? I, I really enjoyed this story and more so than the story, what it brought out. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I think I would give it a Pete's. Um, I really, nice. I really liked it. Now there were some parts from the daughter's perspective that were a little bit slower in the beginning where I was yeah. like, Oh, we're going back and forth here, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and sometimes that works out. Sometimes it doesn't, but I think it, it redeemed itself. Um, uh, especially it kept me reading because at the beginning, you just know that the mom is on trial. You don't know anything right. about what happened. And that's kind of revealed right. throughout the rest of the book. So yep. I really liked that because you had to keep reading to figure out what on earth happened, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. So I, I really liked this book. I would give it a piece. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I am actually giving it a pizza as well. Yay. And I, I promise you, you guys, we seriously do not coordinate. <laughs> we really, really don't. Um, I feel like a lot of the times we end up with very similar ratings, but it's not always yes. exactly the same. Yeah. Every once in a while we'll have something very different, mm-hmm. but it's pretty rare. But I swear to you, we do not. No. <laughs> we do not coordinate. But, um, no, it's a piece. Mm-hmm. I, I love this book. Even to the fact that it's called Midwives. Yeah. Why didn't he call it the midwife? Mm, yeah. Like there's so, I, I, I just really enjoyed this. Yeah. Book. Like there's a lot there, mm-hmm. a lot to discuss. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, get out your, get, get out there with your, with your real friends and everybody get this book yes, and actually sit it. down and have a real, like sit down with it. Yes. Cause it's really, it's a good one. It it's is. a good one. 
And even though we told so, you all of it, <laughs> it's still a really good book to read. It's still, it's still worth it, yes. and you'll still get more out of talking to other people about it, too. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and probably, I mean, because it's, it kind of keeps giving, you share your yep. stories of, you know, births and, and what you've experienced through other people's births and things like that. Yep. And it's just interesting. It really is. So... All right. Well, okay. So do you want to tell um, our next pick? Yes. So we are, um, oh no, I don't because I don't remember it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Okay. So our next book pick. Can I just share this story real quick? So yesterday. Yes, go for it. Micah and I helped for Easter in the four-year-old's class, and we played this memory game with them. I am horrible at memory, and I know this, you know, (laughs) totally know this, but I could not beat a four-year-old, okay? (laughs) And I was like, oh, "Oh, I'm quote-unquote going easy on them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, it was just that I had horrible memory. And Laura and I I'm, even talked yeah. about this before we started this podcast, and I do not remember. Because we talked about a couple it's, of different it's okay. options. It's okay. We we were throwing out some different options. We were. Though, so it's okay. So. It's okay. So <laughs> we landed on that our next book pick is going to be um, The Things They Carry oh, yeah. by Tim O'Brien. <laughs> yes. See, you remember. But, I just had to jog your memory for you. Yes, but you know what? I also have not read that book, so I'm looking yes. forward to it because it's a yeah. new one for me. Um, yep. And you have read the book. So we'll see. I have. So I want to see what you think yes, about it. So. Yes. So there you go. I'm going to go from here and write it down so I don't forget again. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> well, we will meet you back here in a couple of weeks to join us at the table once again at Grounds for Discussion, where the books and the coffee are a perfect blend. <laughs>